0: Welcome to our podcast. We are Legalese, a podcast bringing you truth, power, and awareness. I'm your host, Toria. And I'm Elori. And this this is going to be an interesting episode. Yeah, definitely. Very, just dive right into it. Hot Um, topics. Yes. So first, (laughs) hot topics. So uh, many of you may know or may not know, but in Tigra, Ethiopia, there's genocide going on. So it's basically a humanitarian crisis in Ethiopia and Ethiopia geographically is split into 10 federal regions. Tigra is one of those regions. So Tigra is basically undergoing a genocide, war, which means as means of punishment. The prime minister enacted a law and order on the nation, which led to a regional war in which roads were blocked. They were restricted from COVID funding um, they were blocked from having access to things such as electricity, water, food, and humanitarian aid and play of more. So there were up to at least 50,000 casualties due to these reasons and gender-based violence, including rape of women and girls. And if you guys look up the location of Tigra, India, you can Ethiopia. find Tigra, Ethiopia. Yeah, so you're in Ethiopia, you can find more in the regional war, as well as where you can support and donate on the crisis that's going on currently today. So that was a little bit of outside the U.S., <laughs> but so back inside, earlier this week, Texas and Mississippi declared that they were no longer wanting to have a mandate on mass, which, mm-hmm. as you all know, we're still in a panoramic, <laughs> still in a Panera brand. So I don't know why they thought that was a great decision, um, and which current President Biden made a statement calling this action a result of Neanderthal thinking, which <laughs> mean, I don't know what they were thinking when they were like, oh, you guys don't have to wear your mask anymore. And I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, He made claims that recently over 5,000 deaths have occurred due to COVID and Americans must continue with the vaccines and to practice social distancing and wearing their masks. So, yeah, wow. that's that's what's going on.
1: That's what's so up. Um, on the topic of President Biden, more politics <laughs> topics. Um, President Biden ordered U.S. military forces to conduct airstrikes um, on infrastructure used by militant groups in Eastern Syria in response to recent attacks against uh, Americans in Iraq. However, so the they made a statement and it says, at President Biden's direction, US military forces earlier this, e- well, earlier a couple weeks ago, conducted airstrikes against infrastructure utilized by Iranian backed military groups in Eastern Syria. These strikes were authorized in response to the Americans that were attacked and coalition, Uh, personnel in Iraq and ongoing threats to those personnels. Specifically, the strikes destroyed multiple facilities located at the border control's point used by a number of Iranian-backed militant groups, including, I cannot pronounce this, KH and KSS. Um, Those uh, proportionate military response was conducted um, together with diplomatic measures, including consultation with coalition partners the operation sends an unambiguous message president biden will act to protect americans and coalition personnel the at the same time we have acted in deliberate manner that aims to de-escalate an overall situation in both eastern syria and iraq i personally don't think that this is appropriate right now we are like you said in the pandemic. <laughs> we are in a uh i don't know a paragraph
0: we're, we're we're in a we're in a pandemic. We don't need. We need to focus on one thing before trying to, which is to save our, our lives, lives yes. and save the lives of everyone else, and not killing everyone. In the yes. World.
1: So I don't know what's going on with that, but you know, who am I? Who am I, to say that? Another thing that's going on. Um, The Supreme Court rejected Trump's efforts to shield tax records from New York prosecutors. So probably soon we may see his tax records. Actual
0: tax records. Which will probably
1: be $0. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Also the House uh, passed the Equality Act, um, which was amended, which would amend the 1964 Civil Rights Act to protect people from being discriminated, but based on sex or sexual orientation and gender identity and employment housing and other services as well as access to public accommodations such as restaurants the final vote was 224
0: to 206
1: so wow congrats to them i feel like that's such a, a low number though like the differences between the two is very it's like a few people um also the senate parliamentarian was has decided that the $15 minimum wage can't be included in the stimulus bill, but the Senate parliamentarian,
0: parliamentarian
1: can be overruled by the vice president. So people were like trying to call on Kamala to do something about it. Um, so we'll see what's going. I think they're in the process. They voted on it a couple like yesterday or so for the $15. And in it was, favor of it, right? I don't know. I think it was still going on, but one of the senators like, was like trending because he didn't he no, was a she, no she was like did a thumbs down and then walked out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people and she's like in Arizona. I don't remember her name. Um but people were like making a big deal over that. Wow. Yeah. Also have you heard of CPAC? No,
0: it's CPAC.
1: Really? Yeah I don't CPAC think- is um it's like a it's a conservative convention that they do. Oh and they had it like last week and it was a a lot of things that were there that was like a big debate. So like the stage looked like, was, looks like a Nazi design. Like it's this, it's like a diamond shape. And Uh then at the bottom, it's, uh, I guess like two L's on each side of it. Mm -hmm. And it's people were saying, why does it look like a Nazi symbol as the stage? Um, and they responded that they would never do that and that they stand with their Jewish allies. Okay.
0: They, um, you can't <laughs> pick any symbol.
1: It looks like, if you look at the stage design and look at the Nazi symbol, it they look, I mean, the same spitting image. Another thing that happened at the CPAC, um, Trump was there, obviously. And guess what they had? They had a golden Trump statue.
0: A golden Trump statue?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And people were comparing it to, like, biblical days with the golden calf. Really? And they were like... I they're like y'all are literally like idolizing this man, and we know what happens when you idolize things that you're not supposed to be idolizing. Bad things happen to you. So that's it was a big deal. Wow. It was very, and it's so interesting that a lot of them claim to be Christians, and they are out here. I mean, all over this golden idol. Um, it's very ironic. Uh, next thing, also, the Goya CEO, you know, like, he's been, like, it's been a big deal. Like, they've been trying to cancel Goya. Um, however, he was there, and he said that Trump is the current president. Oh, did <laughs> he miss? No, no, no. He said that Trump is the current president, sachet, um, yeah, of the U.S., and people were like, y'all are crazy. I- however, Trump was there, and he spoke. And people said that that was basically like their inauguration. That their that was their first uh, welcome message for for, for him oh, wow. and from him. Uh, yes, and he said that he was not going to going to start a new party, as they once hoped. He said that he will always put America and American people first. He also <laughs> said that if Democrats have their way, that uh, we will go from energy dominance to energy disaster. He also said that we must protect the integrity of women's sports in reference to the transsexual, the transgender community getting into sports. Um, And then he also said we need an election integrity immediately.
0: I like how he's being very discreet in what he's like trying to say. Well, I mean. Trying to, you know shake the table or whatnot, like he's done before. It's
1: dog whistle politics. Mm. People who know will catch it. It's (laughs) only for people to catch it. Um, Next thing on our list, uh, I don't know. Um, What is it? Okay, an election bill, oh yes, because this happened in Georgia. So an election bill that restricts ballot Drop boxes requires ID for absentee voting and cuts back on weekend early voting hours, among other changes, has been passed in Georgia's House and will advance to the Senate. Mm. Republicans are pushing over 200 bills that are pending in over 40 states to take away voting rights for people. Isn't that why? crazy? You know why? So this doesn't happen again. Oh my and then on top of that, right? The bill's suppression is called HB 531. Um, and like we said, they're just targeting
0: specific demographics, obviously. So First they don't of all, vote. The voter turnout isn't the best already. So why try to suppress more votes? We know why. We, we
1: know on. why. <laughs> Stacy Abrams said when You can win elections by not having the best ideas, but by stealing the right to vote, then you do not deserve to win. Yep, she right. And she's correct.
0: 100% right.
1: On a better note in uh, politics, Um, Miguel Cardona Mm -hmm. um, is the new education secretary. Um, He's a former fourth grade public school teacher and will assume the department's top job, which is what Betsy DeVos had.
0: Oh but yeah, so
1: he he replaced her. Thank oh, God!
0: Wow, with an
1: actual someone who's in, actually in education. We love to see it. Let's
0: see. Let's see how that'll
1: go. Hopefully, better than what it has. Maybe he can help with student debt. <laughs> 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 um. So y'all remember last year how there was the whole BLM riots and stuff going on regarding like certain like people dying. One of them was Elijah McClain. And there was an open investigation done by independent investigation commissioned by the city. Mm-hmm. And they found that in Aurora, um, that the police officers did not have the legal basis to enforce uh, McLean to stop walking, to frisk him, or to use a chokehold on him. And that the EMS administered uh, a ketamine dosage uh, based on an accurate and inflated estimate of his size, which also resulted in, in his, his death. death. Yeah. yeah and david prude it was his story was kind of slightly talked about not really it wasn't too big um, but he had apparently he had mental health issues and police found him in rochester um, naked in the street and so they handcuffed him mocked him and put a mesh bag over his head knelt him on his back knelt on his back and then Pushed his face into the ground until he stopped breathing, um, and he's like we said, he was suffering from mental illness. And when the cops found him, they just, like you said, put it over, put it over him. Um, and the jury decided not to indict indict any of the cops involved in the murder of him. It's an excessive use of force. Well, I feel like remember. Oh, I guess we haven't talked about this yet. A lot of a lot of police departments do not know how to handle mental health or. The, they claim to not have the tools to handle mental health or the trading. And so that, if you're, if we're putting so much money in these departments, mm-hmm. why are these not, why is that not talked about? Because they are people with mental health are a part of our society and they should be, we should be able to handle that. We should be able to you know notice the signs. We should be able to help or know the resources to call when they need a counselor, or when they need medication or when they, you know, what, whatever they need, we should be able to do that. And they should be able to do that. They should have those resources
0: so and knowing they, they are, are on call they can exactly. assess situation so better. okay this. this
1: person instead of putting a mesh bag make it make sense over someone's head that doesn't help anything but yeah it is what it is at this point um johnson and johnson is currently like we talked about a couple episodes ago they are helping with the vaccine and it's, it's helping reduce the spread of the virus so that's good, and I think Biden is partnering with them, or Biden says that we're going to have enough vaccines for all adults in America by May. So we'll see how that goes. That's interesting. So will you take it if you, if it's made available to you? You're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> really,
0: you're an adult. I the whole vaccine thing. I was talking about this with a friend earlier. It's like when things have happened in the past and you don't have a really good mm-hmm. trust with the government in general or medical systems in general, you're you're kind of like, how you say? It? You'll be more of a frame to like just jump at the idea of, oh, mm-hmm. this is out there. Let me go take, this is out there. Let me go put this in my body. That's how I see it. And I saw I. I've heard other people talk about it in this situation, which yeah. is why they're not jumping to the conclusion of like, let us let me automatically take this in this vaccine. Let's see what, ha- what happens, especially since it was engineered and drafted so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people have said that. So, like I said, I'm still on, the fence. still on the fence about it. Yes, I would like COVID to disappear. It cannot just disappear, but yeah. Well, I'll, I'll see. With more, more research information yeah. about the vaccine, I would. I guess i'd like to know more about it okay what What about about you
1: i already told you no (laughs) however um the catholic church made a big deal about specifically johnson and johnson because apparently they use stem cells of aborted fetuses or something along the lines regarding so stem cells can come from anyone Mm -hmm. and so stem cells are basically like how do i describe it like they're like all like everything and then they can form into Whatever you need. So okay. they can form and transform into like another cell in the body or another type. I think that's the best way to describe it. Like okay. they're everything and they can they can morph. They can that's the best way to describe it. They can morph okay. into different cells. That makes sense. Um, but they use it uh, they use, I guess, the stem cells of aborted fetuses. And they're it's normal it's normal testing. People do that in research. It's pretty common, more common than you think. And they're was Henrietta Lacks of Yes, her that? Stem, no, she wasn't, yes, it was her st- stem cells, but not her, she didn't have like an abortion, oh, yeah, 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 not yeah. to that, well, yeah, that's her stem cells, that's what it is, because it constantly can morph, like I said, okay. okay, whatever, I wish I could, I wish I could remember all the stuff in biology, but I can't,
0: I know it has something to do with, like, research and. biology, yeah, so it's
1: yeah. very, so people use it there, um, what else is going on, oh, so, back in, like, 2016, around there, that era, the EpiPen cost increased, which caused a lot of people to, like, die. <laughs> yeah, because, and they were like, EpiPen used to cost, like, whatever, like, $5 or $20, whatever people's insurance cost, and then it skyrocketed to, like, thousands or hundreds of thousands, and people were not able to get it in time or be able to afford it, so they ended up dying. Um, um May- Mylan CEO um, was Heather... Breach or brush, B-R-E-S-C-H, brush, I guess. And she's the daughter of Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin's daughter, obviously. Uh, she was responsible for raising the price of EpiPens by five hundred percent. Okay, so from one hundred to five hundred dollars, to much more backlash, I guess. Apparently, the Nera Tandon spoke out against Manchin's daughter heather um and so he voted against her wow (laughs) it in
0: uh for one of the hearings i guess recently i you can't just start you know raising the prices on things that people need i know but here we are like uh, texas
1: and the electricity bill
0: (laughs) right it's like what are y'all are y'all really trying to wipe people out at this point yes yes
1: Um, Also, let's see. Okay, so yes, and the DC National Guard commander, uh, William J. Walker spoke to, says the secretary of the army withheld authority from him to deploy a quick reaction from, yeah, quick quick reaction force on January 6th at the coop, I guess, Um, and that after he called for authorization on the day of the insurrection, it took three hours and 19 minutes to get approval. Oh, so that's what happened. Allegedly. Allegedly, that's Allegedly. what happened. Allegedly. In his words, that's what happened. And they were comparing it to what happened in the summer of 2020 when he says that he got immediate approval from the Army leadership in the summer um, for the D.C. <laughs> protests. Well, you look at that. But he couldn't get an immediate approval for June 6th and said that the sign-off was the time it
0: took was unusual
1: allegedly. For the
0: <laughs> Inside job. <laughs> wow. That is very
1: I know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um something better that's completely off topic. Positive. Positive. Positive, yes. I this was happened during like the end of Black History Month. So I just wanna add on to it. Congratulations to Daniel Kalua um, for a best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Um, and any motion picture in Judas and the Black Messiah, it's a great watch. If you haven't watched it, definitely watch it. It's on, is on HBO? It's on HBO. Yes. Um, uh, John Boyega got uh, an award for best supporting actor in a TV series for small acts. I haven't heard of the series, but congrats to him. Um, Soul was, oh my gosh, Soul won.
0: Yes. For an animated a, film. I haven't seen that. It was yet. a good movie. I recommend it.
1: I don't know. I'm weird.
0: I don't like watching animation. Really? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I grew up on Disney, so like hearing that movie came out, and it's more of an adult movie. When you really watch it, you're like, you get the symbolism and everything that kids probably wouldn't get. They're like, ooh, animation. But watching it as an adult, you're like, wow. Okay. That's deep.
1: Nice. And <laughs> Regina King, she got nominated for best director. Um, but she looked flawless, I just want to say. She was in like this metallic dress and it looked really good on her and her dog was in the background.
0: We love to see it. I love black actors, actresses, directors getting awards because they deserved it and not because it's performative because yeah. they actually deserve it, you know? Yeah. So congratulations to them.
1: And okay, so we're on the topic. Um, so Nike's executive, Ann Herbert, uh, abruptly left the company. Well, she resigned from the company <laughs> um, following a report about her son operating a business reselling sneakers and using the, her credit card with oh, her name on it. And she was an executive for 25 years. Imagine go, waking up, being an executive of Nike. Okay, not not some brand brand, Nike. And your son using your stupid credit card with your name on
0: it for the company, and now you don't have a job no more. I you would make millions, this. and now you don't. Now you got no money. I heard about this. People, it went viral on Twitter for a while, and it was like, I guess the people that dabble in mm, reselling sneakers and buying them and stuff, they were like, This is the problem with the sneaker resale value in general. People buy sneakers and they like upsell it. But it's the rich though. But
1: it's the rich though. It's the it's the connections to it's, he wouldn't have made that money. By the way, he purchased over one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars worth of limited edition sneakers for his real estate company. Wow. You is the ability to say my mom is the executive, so I'm going to take these items, these products, these goods, and I'm going to
0: disperse no- them. Exactly yeah.
1: disperse them because I don't. I have that privilege to do so and make money off of it. I have a like instead of it being sold and given away to people who need it yeah, and they're writing it off on their taxes or something Mm-mm. no You're but
0: resell at a marked up price Some
1: of the shoes he had were like over $15,000 Isn't it very yeah they're like limited edition obviously so wow That's crazy but who knows what the world is going on Um also I want to like you said about Texas that was going on and they're planning on opening next week Wednesday I think like, no mask like no mask like next week Wednesday regarding no mask I hope policy. there's no do you think the cases are gonna rise no here's the, the irony of it all right mm-hmm. they're like we care about our citizens you care about our economy blah 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 um no mask because they have the right and freedom fine whatever however um since January 25th 108 illegal immigrants have been released into Texas by border patrol and have reportedly tested positive for COVID. And now they're bitching about this, but they're not complaining about the fact that people who have COVID who are Americans are gonna be walking around spreading COVID with no mask on.
0: Wow,
1: Like make it make sense. Who do you really care about? What is really the issue here? That's my only thing. Um, And also on March 2nd, uh, Texas celebrated 185 years of what is it delegates to the convention of what is it 1836 signed texas declaration of independence um yeah so they had their little independence day kind of thing wow yeah proclaiming our political connection with mexican nation has forever ended
0: uh is <laughs> I guess this is just like a little side note, like learning about the history of Texas and how it became Texas and what land it was a part of before was was really interesting. And they took it. I I would advise you guys to look that like, look, really look into it and see how Texas became to what it was today. Right.
1: And it's like, guys, like Mexico has always been there. It's so interesting because like I said, Mexico border, Texas. Mm -hmm. And y'all was like, nah, you don't have your land no more. I'm gonna take it and call it Texas. And try to declare freedom i'm i'm over it i'm over texas good luck over there because i don't know how y'all do it and let's see i think that's okay former house impeachment manager eric swalwell files a second major lawsuit to hold trump and his allies accountable for inciting the Capitol riot and that just happened a couple days ago so that's good we'll see what happens with that lawsuit i don't think it'll get anywhere but who knows and lastly, um, sexual assault. <laughs> so let's talk about our uh, government politics who allegedly have been accused of sexual assault. Wow. <laughs> um, Andrew Como in New York, he was accused of sexual harassment, um, said he was hostile and had dirty tricks against women while HUD chief, yeah, HUD chief, GOP rep. And then Madison, Carth- Carthorn in North Carolina. He is facing allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct by several women who say that when he was a college student, he would use fun drives um, as a way to make unwanted sexual advances on them. <laughs> and um, lastly, uh, Rep. Ronnie Jackson. He was a part of, he was like a doctor or something for like Trump, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and no, am I right? This is this the same guy? I think that's the same guy. Yeah, he's a congressman for Texas and he was apparently making sexual comments to his subordinates and violated policy on taking ambient and drinking alcohol while creating a hostile work environment. Wow. A lot of topics, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, we will get into more of like sexual assault claims and everything right after hot topics. So, and bye. See you soon. Okay, Sky. so a quick little update. Um, so the COVID relief bill that we were talking about earlier in Hot Topics, it has been passed today. To, like literally just now. <laughs> so um, they basically, the so-called Votorama on Bill of Amendments <laughs> lasted more than 24, 25 hours. Um, so it does provide direct payments of up to $1,400 for most Americans. Um the minimum wage was voted on, but it failed. So I guess the minimum wage will not increase. No, that's what Bernie Sanders was working on, unfortunately. Trying to get the yeah. minimum wage increase, as he should, as he should. Um, And yeah, the House majority leader, Hoyer, says the House will take up the Senate version of the bill earlier next week. So. Awesome. Great. We love so, to see it.
1: congrats to some of you who are getting your $1,400 checks. It must, <laughs> yes. be <nice>. <laughs> must be nice. About time. must be nice.
0: About time. So, guys, today's case, or today's, I guess, episode is focusing on sexual assault. So, we're going to introduce what we're going to be talking about. So, as many of you know, it is Women's History Month, and women have done so much for this world that we can sit here and spend all day talking about it, their contribution especially. However, many women today feel unprotected and fearful in their own society due to human trafficking, rape, sexual assault, domestic violence, just to name a few. So to hear that women are still experiencing trauma such as this is disappointing and non-progressive. So sexual assault, sexual assault is an act in which a person sexually touches another person without consent or or coerces and physically touches, forces a person to engage in sexual act against their will. So, The Hunting
1: Ground. Yeah, we're focusing um, on the documentary, The Hunting Ground. Um, there, this story highlights the dangerous relationship between colleges and their vulnerable students by failing to create safety nets for justice. Uh, this story is centered around uh, Andrea Pino and Annie Clark, and who were trailblazers in the path of setting a path for survivors regaining their own legal voices.
0: Yes. So, sexual assault is a very big issue facing college campuses to this day. Many victims rarely come out or report them due to public scrutiny or the fact that they may not receive actual justice when it comes to it pertaining yeah. to the legal system. So,
1: we're going to talk about basically the story of how to. File a title nine claim,
0: yes, and also talk about the stories that happened
1: inside of it to the victims. Yes, Unfortunately, well. some of the schools that were a part of this documentary were Auburn University, Kansas State, Harvard, NC State, Arizona State University, UC Davis, UC Berkeley, Tufts, Yale, Amherst Brown, Smiths, Mora, Austin Handel, and
0: more. That's just a name of you there, that's just a name of few. When I was watching, watching this documentary and looking at how many universities were involved and like how many like reports yeah. and you know.
1: Over 100, at the end of it, over 100 universities were dealing with sexual assault, a Title IX suits wow. because so many were filing. It was, like I said, they were trailblazers. They, it was a thing. Uh, so at least we know what's happening, right? And it's getting done. Something's hopefully going to be done. Yes. So let's start about like uh, settings. Typically, a lot of the stories happened at a bar, at a party, at a club, at a club, um, a frat house. So, someone's
0: personal home. Yeah, like...
1: dorms. That was happening a lot in their dorms too. And so, and also another part of the stories is like a lot of the women were either experienced, like vi- like had. Violence inflicted upon them, whether mm-hmm. it's them being pinned down, them being hit, um, their head being slammed into like a floor or wall. To where they're unconscious. Yeah, to where they're unconscious. And like you said, some of this was going on in frat houses, and there were some frats that were
0: discussed. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, Make that a general general? Show.
1: Not all, but some of the documentary, there are two frats that were. Really big in the documentary. Well, three, um, SAE, which the girls were basically saying sexual assault expected when wow. it came. To, that was like their acronym, like in the party scene. Another of them, another one of them was Beta, but I don't remember the full uh, abbreviations of that frat. Um, but apparently they had high cases, but they weren't they weren't reported. So one girl, she was raped, and then she sued the frat and became like a big deal on campus. And another one was D K E. I don't know that whole abbreviation. DEEK? DEEK? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, DEEK. And like you said, regarding sexual assault, frats have insurance. I didn't know that. Like they, like, they <laughs> have insurance. Yeah, well, they that have insurance. doesn't make sense if they like. I mean, obviously. But guess what their insurance is for? Seven percent goes of the insurance um were insurance claims are for hazing. Another seven percent was. Um, for auto accidents, another 9% was for a fall in heights. Another 10% of the claims were for slip and falls. Um, 15% were for sexual assault and, uh, 23% were for regular assaults. Wow. Isn't
0: that crazy? So it's, ex- why is, that means they're planning for it. It's expected. It's, it is expected. <laughs> a sexual assault was expected. Yes. It was it, in your assurance claim. Like, is not wow, crazy. That is crazy. It's That's like, wild. Either things have happened in the past where they had to put this in the insurance, like, oh, let's add this to the insurance so we can cover it next time my something thing is, comes
1: up. If you know this is happening, is it like when you drive, like when you have car insurance, mm-hmm. there's ways to mitigate it. They're like, hey, we have incentives. Like if you don't do X, Y, Z, you get $500 randomly. Yeah, yeah. Or you get this off, or you get a discount here and there. Or you get points to when whatever, have whatever done for you. Um, I don't know why they're not doing this here. (laughs) Like this is not okay. But yes, overall, this was some of the settings that the girls were experiencing these issues at. And let's see what else was going on. Oh, Oh, interestingly enough, Oh yes, they said that some of them were having rape dungeons, and some of them were being roofied. Um, and there was also a ritual of sexual con- conquest at the frass, like having um, girls take photos or do certain activities on like list. I remember was, that. I remember experiencing that, and that happened to me, oh, okay, like okay. at a freshman year. I remember like the sorority girls were doing these things for their pledges, whether they were friends or they were room, you know, roommates or neighbors just to help them out so they don't get hazed. Wow. It was just, that was interesting. Oh my gosh. Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, interestingly enough, regarding the frats, that 60% of donations of up to $100 million um, to the some of the universities were from alumni from the frats, frat houses. So it's very, wow, it's very uh, important that they have them on campus. It's as necessary necessary even though these horrible things
0: happen there so that doesn't make sense into how the claims get handled if they're donating if they're a donating a lot of money yeah understand so i guess introducing like title nine into the equation because that's basically the law that protects students in a school setting
1: that occurs when they go to parties and things like that and this was
0: yes and get assaulted so in this instance this part of Title IX. So, Title IX is a civil rights law in the U.S. that was passed in 1972. And this specific law states that any sexual, sex or sexual-based discrimination is not allowed at any school or educational program that accepts federal mon- money. And if it does, the men- the money will be revoked, basically. Exactly, yeah. So, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't allow this to happen on your campus. And it's not even that. It's also because it,
1: it, allows for a bad like college environment
0: as well if yeah if people if think the putter like, is there yeah i guess parents looking in if they want to send their kids to a certain college and mm-hmm. that college has a rap for having high sexual assault cases they're gonna be like well i don't want to send my child here i don't want my child to be a part of this or yeah. be prey to this victim to this you know and it violates so. the students from feeling comfortable like you said like, yes you should go to
1: school and not have anything happen to you. Yes. Regardless of what you're wearing or the time of day
0: 100%. or night. <laughs> so I guess, do you want to go like more in depth about the women that yeah. were featured in the documentary? Yeah. So the main
1: women that were talked about were, like we said, was Andrea Pino. And she was a Cuban American. And she was, I want to say, one of the few people in her family to go to college. And she wanted to go to like a big town that was... um very historic, and she liked, she wanted to study law, politics, history, things like that, Um, and let's see what happened to her. She went to a party with her friends and was dancing with a guy who pulled her into a bathroom in one of these parties, and he slammed, he slammed her head against a tile and then proceeded to assault her. And in that moment, she didn't scream. She didn't yell. She didn't fight. She didn't do anything. Um, but she was just hoping to live.
0: Yeah. She describes feeling helpless and shocked in the moment and also feared yeah. for her life.
1: The interesting thing, even about, like I said, these cases, and we know it's like happening at parties a lot, mm-hmm. is that she... She was like, I hear people outside. Like, people.
0: Like, why don't they I, come in here? Yeah, they,
1: she's like, why can't they hear me? Like, why? What's they don't know? Like, why do they not know what's going on? But when you go to these parties, you don't hear anything. Like, honestly, other than the music and the bass, it's so loud. You don't hear anything. And so it makes sense why no one helped her because there was no way to know. Yeah. So that happened to her. And the next lady was. And Annie Clark, and she was from Raleigh, North Carolina. By the way, Andrea went to North Carolina as well. And, and, <laughs> and um, her, okay. So she was a very athletic student, straight A's, you know? Uh, she wanted to hang out with her friends one night when she came to college and she, was I dancing with a guy and he dragged her outside yes not inside outside
0: i know she was she was in, at the club intoxicated came out stumbling because mm-hmm. she was intoxicated and she's claimed that she banged her head on the wall and was sexually assaulted and raped and fought off her aggressor and ran because he tried to like i guess pull her in the side of the club i don't know how it was like yeah. geographically but that's what happened right as it and she like right as it happened and she fought him off and then ran.
1: After. Yeah, the after happened, yeah,
0: after it occurred.
1: So uh, Annie and another friend of hers experienced the same thing within like the first two weeks of school. I mean, school didn't even start yet. School did not even start yet. And you and your friend got sexually assaulted. That
0: is and unbelievable. Fresh- yeah,
1: that's crazy to me to think that, wow. And so she wanted to basically find out her and her friend were talking about this and Mm -hmm. they just was wanting to figure out how do we find help, like how do we report this? And Annie said, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to report it and then I'm gonna tell tell you how to do it. Yes. On her process, who was not helpful.
0: It wasn't. So initially the well, she came forward and it wasn't until like you said earlier, a friend reached out that she was sexually assaulted and Basically, when she reported her assault, it was undermined by the admin, which is kind of surprising because you think that men would make the person feel comfortable that they went through that traumatic experience.
1: That's their job. The administrators are, well, excuse me. That's what you would think they should do. Yes. And be caring, sympathetic, empathetic to their students because that's who they're serving and that's who pays them, right? (laughs) In the end. But no, that's not what happened. What were they telling the girls?
0: So... (laughs) Uh, This this was a trend, actually, throughout all the schools. Most of the common questions that victims are asked. Victims. So what were you wearing? What were you drinking? Were you drunk? Did you say no? Did you fight them off? Like, uh, what kind of... (laughs) And that's another thing. When in sexual assault cases, victim blaming is such... A big thing it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't fix the issue it doesn't it just makes that person feel smaller and worse about what they're going through and not wanting to report exactly what they're going through of course so she is clothed right so let's say she is clothed,
1: fully clothed there's still a rapist out there so what who does this talk about it talk about it <laughs> <laughs> talk so, about it so is the person not going to rape you like oh she's clothed. sorry no i'm gonna run away now like no it doesn't work that way
0: like this saying <laughs>
1: Fix the rapist. How about that?
0: Yes. Okay. Do not blame the victim or say, oh, she was wearing something short or promiscuous. Like She sh- she could be walking naked and nothing should be happening to her. Thank you. Keep your hands to yourself.
1: It's thank illegal. you. Like yes. I, don't,
0: I don't understand yes. this. Oh, my gosh. So I guess, yes, we talked about this earlier. Excuses are constantly made for aggressors in this situation. They constantly make... Oh girl. Examples. And it, I don't know if it's, what, like who are you protecting when you make excuses? I know, I know. And so like we said, uh, what are they? Oh yes, this is
1: what they told Annie. They told Annie this after when she, when Annie went to go tell the- administrator. the,
0: the, yes, oh my said, gosh.
1: The, the administrator told her, rape is like football. If you look back at the game,
0: what would you do differently in that situation? And then she asked if she was shocked. Are you? What the what? A football game. Let me. This see. is like a football game. A football. Last that time, I- make sense.
1: <laughs> those two don't. There's I mean, nothing. There's nothing the same. Nothing correlates. The end <laughs> result is not the same. It's not. Who's winning?
0: It's. That's not even the point of it. Like, why would she even? Why would she make that comparison a football game to a race like a football game (laughs) What? when you look back on it what would you Mm -hmm. have done differently she couldn't have done anything she was helpless in that situation when she was being forced upon wow yeah (sighs) so
1: that happens
0: I cannot believe like another example of making excuse for the aggressor. it's just it's not it's It's non progressive. It's not helping the situation whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, and another administrator. I wanted the colleges. Um,
1: like you said, these were some of the statements and actions from FSU, USC, UC Berkeley, Arizona State, UC Davis, Tufts, and Swarthmore. Like you said about the drinking clothing. Um. Oh, and they had a whole section of lecturing the girls to not wear short skirts. They were like, don't don't wear certain clothes. Like a whole lecture about this. And then. They were told not to drink at parties. They were told that it was their fault, as, as you said about the saying no part. And another another administrator said, you don't know what he's going through right now and neither do I. He could be having a hard time. So rape is like- So this is your stress relief now? Like, is this, what, is
0: this how we're coping? Is this a proper coping mechanism? Because last time I checked, no, it's not. I feel like these questions are, in a sense, Not directly, but in a sense, basically saying like, oh, it's okay for people to commit sexual assault and rape because when it's time for punishment or when it's time to report it, questions like these are going to be asked. And it's like, yeah, like, oh, did it really happen? Is it serious? Like, and that's another thing. He's going
1: through. He could be be going through a tough time. You don't know what his family's like. You don't know that. I don't.
0: I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like I said, excuses. You're making excuses. Like, they were making excuses. And so someone is being raped. And so fix the issue. How about that? How about fixing the issue? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay. In the documentary, they had this, um, I guess it was factual information, that 45% of college colleges report sex, sexual assault. Oh, my gosh. I'm a little tongue-tied. 45% of colleges report sexual assault. Zero No, sexual assault at zero.
1: Really? Yes, that's what the, the stat was. It was like 45% of colleges report sexual assault at zero. And there's some more stats. Less than 60 per- 16, 16% of women are, sexual assaulted, are sexually assaulted in college. 88% of the women do not report their sexual assault. 2 to 8% of sexual assault cases are false. And repeat offenders have an average of six people. Six people or more before they are found guilty or punished because exactly. of their sexual assault. Wow. twin 20- thing is... Well, continue.
0: Sorry.
1: 26% report to the police and only 20% is prosecuted within one to two years of that
0: report. is that crazy? It is. And it's the fact that when it comes to, I guess remembering watching the documentary, when it came to the reports, I remember one of the ladies that was, she was being interviewed. She was like that men try to make sure these claims are, real and true which is why they quote unquote ask these types of questions which yeah, i don't i don't know i guess they try to narrow down the amount of reports that can be done towards sexual course, assault yeah. but i don't think anyone's just come running to that man just making false claims of sexual assault just on a will at least not as many cases as they think yeah i
1: know
0: so i i guess i don't know but claims are usually narrowed down depending on the seriousness of the situation as they made clear in the documentary. I
1: remember we had a cop visit our class in college. It was like sophomore year. And they were like talking about things on campus and they were like, oh, reported rapes zero.
0: And I was like, what the fuck? No way.
1: Yes, I'm not even lying. I was like-
0: That's another thing. Relying on specific or certain statistics, it does not represent the big picture. I was like, y'all are out here from Wednesday
1: through Saturday (laughs) on the strip. Don't tell, you know good and well. That is not zero. You know. I was like, our cops, our campus cops, I mean, they're sweet, don't get me wrong, but that was a lie. And I knew that was a lie. You mean how many cases were dismissed or swept? Swept under the rock. Yes. Because I I knew someone who was in actually one of those situations on campus. So it could not be just zero. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) wild.
0: The amount of protection before actually trying to help the victim. I was like, rape cases zero
1: on campus. I said, I know y'all lying. Not at our campus. Okay. So, yes. So, and then the documentary. So, this is the basis of it all. So, Annie and Andrea, they experience these cases and now they're going to try to figure out how to solve it. And now they're trying to find other girls who are experiencing the same thing either on their campus or nationally.
0: To create more to create like a safe space, but also awareness towards yeah, what was going on.
1: And make address the issue. Yes. And so one of the women, her name is Camila Willingham, yes. and she went to Harvard. Her story was an interesting
0: I know. story. I it,
1: was teared up a little, just a little. I was going through like, an emotional battle with, what, with her case. So she met her rapist years prior, and apparently they were friends. Quotation marks, friends. And the assailant and her, Camila, and Camila's friend, they all went to a bar in town, and he bought her drinks, and he kept buying them drinks. Um, And so because her friend, Camila's friend, seemed drunk, she decided she wanted to take her home, just for her safety, right, as a good friend would do. So once they got to the apartment, Camila and her friend did what any friend would do, just crash on the bed and try to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And the guy came in. The apartment, and he laid on top of them.
0: This is like a warning. Yeah, Explicit this is like a, warning. a warning.
1: Yeah, he laid on top of them. He fingered Camilla, and then he Camilla, like I said, she was drunk, and she looks to the side and she sees her friend, um, being like her naked back.
0: Like she was just, on, like they see
1: unclothed. Cl- yeah, unclothed, and he was fondling her and her friend. The next day, uh, she texted the guy and was asking if her friend needed a pregnancy test. And this is what this guy said. He said, he responded to her and said, we didn't do anything serious, fingering at most. So she went to the dean of students and told, and they told her not to tell anyone about the situation and asked her if she led him on and why she didn't fight back. Another one of those non-progressive questions. (laughs) So this is what, so what, okay. Okay. So he was found guilty, right? They did like a whole little court session. He was found guilty and expelled. However, he appealed the decision and then he returned to campus. However, this act violated federal policies of Title IX because Harvard did not notify Camila and let her have a say in the decision or the appeal process. So she had a good case. Um in the end with hers with her case uh, the grand jury indicted him with felony assault sexual assault of Camila's friend and a misdemeanor of non-sexual assault but did not try him for Camila's case
0: so it didn't even benefit her it only benefited her friend that is I'm glad that I even like got to the case part of the discussion but it's crazy how when it initially happened, he tried to appeal it. It's like the evidence was in the case. Like I don't understand. He knew he was wrong and he wasn't gonna do anything about it. Uh this is
1: at least he had a case for it. At least he has a felony. That's the good part.
0: At least one of yeah, one of the sexual assault reports. I don't think anything ended in a case.
1: Yeah, felony. Yeah. I don't think anything happened to Annie's or Adria's. Yes, they God. didn't get that far. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't speak about that. Um, the next person was uh, Rachel Hudak. I want to say that was her name, like her last name, and she went to Saint Mary's College, and that's like the sister school of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I remember this. One. And her uh, dad. So sad. Aw. She's so sweet too. Um, and she went. It's a Catholic all-girl school, and. One Halloween weekend, she doesn't really go out. Many of these girls in the stories were not like hardcore partiers. It just so happened that this happened. And
0: like the first night they go out, or the first night they want to, like, you know, let, let their lose. hair down. Yes, and have fun. They something like this goes on or occurs. Yeah. So how she was actually hesitant to
1: go out because, like I said, she's not really a partier. She's like a homebody. And her the guy friend, allegedly friend. He was part but, of the football team, right? I don't think this one was a part of the football team. I think this one was just regular. Oh, okay. this is, yeah, no, he's not a part of the football team. Okay. He invited her and was like, Hey, come over. We're going to have a party or whatever. Okay. So she hesitantly obliged, went over to his house and was like, waiting. was Like, okay, maybe some people are going to come. And she was like, Hey, so is anyone going to come? And he's like, yeah, people are going to come soon. Just wait. Wow. So soon after his roommates left the dorm. And then he raped her. Um, She believes that all of them were in it and on the act. And the president of the school, Dr. Mooney, said that those kind of things don't happen at St. Mary's College.
0: Just because it has that title on it doesn't mean that sexual sexual assault can't occur there. That's great. Yeah, that was very
1: frustrating. And so nothing happened with that case as well. Nothing at all. Okay. So now we're going to talk about athletics and like law enforcement and how it protects basically the student athletes as well as the campus and their brand. So less than 4% of students are male athletes. Mm-hmm. And then 19, they also, however, 9, 19% of sexual assaults are committed by them
0: which I wonder if that's the part that's not reported. I The statistics not reported. That's
1: very true for many reasons. So in this, one of the cases, Lizzie Seberg, she was a legacy of Notre Dame University and St. Mary's. And so one day she went to an activities fair and she ended up going to one of the football players' rooms with one of her friends. The football player, I guess the friend leaves and the football player assaults her and she then tries to report the case. Uh, Lizzie however was struggling with the rape she was not being herself she told her parents about it and they were devastated Um, there was nothing to do the school wasn't helping and one day uh, Lizzie gets a call Lizzie's dad gets a call from a family friend and saying that it's, it's getting bad and that Lizzie killed herself because of this because of not receiving
0: help um that tragically and most sexual assault victims experience mental illnesses due to their rape or their Mm -hmm. sexual assault so just PTSD I know some of the girls said they couldn't they didn't feel welcome on certain parts of campus so they didn't want to go due to like scrutiny or like judgment yes Yes.
1: they didn't want to meet new people they didn't I I know some of them were like committing self-harm or like cutting themselves things like that so it was very difficult for some of the the people who were involved in the story and then the next person, she was big. This was this was really big. So um, Erica Kinsman, she went to FSU, Florida State University. And on December 6th, in 2012, she went to Potbelly's. I don't know this area, I've never been, but she went to Pop Potbelly's and a guy was following her in the bar or wherever that location is. And this other man, mysterious man, comes up to her, and says, Hey, we're dating. Tells the guy that her and Erica and him are dating. Wow. And basically to like back off. And so the guy does. And then this mysterious guy offers her a drink. Well, she said that as soon as she had that shot, she felt completely inebriated and more drunk than she yes. usually would feel after one drink. And then this guy was with two friends. So like I said, she was not feeling the same. She felt like she was not able to control her body and was went in the cab with these two guys, well, these three guys. And they went into their apartment. And after seeing how aggressive this guy was, his friend was like trying to tell him to stop and like leave her alone. This mysterious guy drags her into the bathroom and shuts the door and ignores what his friend was saying. So he pinned her to the floor and raped her and after that he's like he told her you can leave now but because she didn't know where she was and she was still basically drunk he <laughs> took her on his scooter and dropped her off at an intersection what? um and because she didn't want him to also know where he, she lived mm-hmm. so this mysterious guy she doesn't know who it is she couldn't wasn't really able to report it one day Classes start, and she sees a mysterious guy walking into class. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, huh, I'm going to try to get his name. Road call happens, because that's what happens. That's what they do in college. And so she heard his name, and the name was Jameis Winston. I think that's his name, Jameis Winston. Yes. And he was one of the top football players of camp of that campus at the time. And so she tried to report the case. Now that she knows who this person is, that she got his name from the roster in class, she goes to the department and they did not help at all. They didn't want to trace down the suspects, the friends, ask the friends anything, the cab drivers, or look at cameras. And also when typically when they have rapes like in the girls go to the doctor, they take like uh, a rape, kit. rape kits. Yeah. And I guess one of the they do swabs for like semen or anything like that. And they refuse to test Jameis.
0: And they refuse why. to
1: test him. And she's like, This is who it is. Test him. And they were like, No and then they told the department told her to think long and hard about her decision because she's in a football town and (laughs) things can happen that she could be driven out of the town because of she's messing with like a big name player and they didn't so detective angelo was on the case however something about this detective he is also i guess he, he does become like a conflict of, of interest, interest yeah. because he is an alum of FSU and he also worked to Fran- uh, to fundraise for the FSU athletics
0: oh, department. Okay, so he definitely. So he a- is definitely mm-hmm. caring
1: and not thinking about the woman's issue. He's thinking about the football. The fact that
0: he's been a part of it. And he's part- said, exactly. They would
1: never do that. Like, exactly, you know, that protecting of, them. Yeah. So. After a while, Erica wasn't getting that much support. So she ended up dropping out of FSU and a year later decide a year later after she leaves, they decide to run the test. And guess who would guess who it was? Guess who it matched? James Wilson. Yeah. James Wilson? <laughs> it did match him. It did match him. But he was not convicted. And at this time, he was like either, what was it? He was getting did he got the Heisman? Was it the Heisman or something? All the football stuff. I'm not. I'm not a male. I don't really know that stuff. I'm not really in.
0: Too versed with Too versed yeah. with that.
1: But he was nominated. I think he was nominated for, like, either the Heisman or whatever. And it became, like, a thing on, like, the sports channels. They're, like, well, are, is the girl lying? What's going on? Like, why is that happening? And two years later after that, after his first saying that he was not convicted, they did a hearing and they said that Jameis was not found in violation of student conduct and in the end he was the first in the overall draft in 2015. So that's cute that's fun I guess and also on campuses there's rules where uh, students student athletes can not be like approached uh, at the athletic facility. Um, uh, you can't ask the athletic facility to help in cases. And uh, athletes, uh, they let athletes who are accused of rape and sexual assault to continue to play. So one of the schools, uh, there's this guy, this person, their name is President Thrasher, defended themselves from the mishandling of nine claims. And FSU said that there nothing, there's nothing to do if victims don't report any, uh, any of their cases.
0: But why don't they afford it? Because... And, of... Exactly. And they're
1: protecting them. And so the thing, the fact that cops or the legal, whomever, cannot approach these students because they're protected by bigger organizations and they're worth millions, yeah, technically, is ridiculous. You should not be above the law. Yes. Thank you. Because
0: you're in some kind of organization, I guess, regarding football in this case. And she... You see what happened when she did report it. Yeah. And the, uh, they didn't want cop, to do the test. A
1: cop himself said no. He said, girl, you better think about this, which means get out of my face and turn around and deal with your rape somewhere else. And then
0: they wonder why people don't report it. Exactly. Yeah. Because they make claims like that. Oh, gosh. This. <laughs> the How universities handle these situations it's very disappointing very very disappointing the actions sometimes there's no response for as long as seven months it could be longer um some of the victims were told to drop out until everything blows over Mm -hmm. students went to check on the case and the staff say they forgot so like they're basically how do you forget a rape case how because they're trying to throw it out. It's not that they forgot. They're trying to like hope that it dies down so they don't have to make it a big deal or it doesn't bring as much buzz to their university in a negative manner. But if you're not dealing with it internally, it's going to get out there externally. So how do you, you know? Exactly. Um, Even when the student received a confession, a written confession. A written, confession. <laughs> written It was written. Oh my God. They were told. They basically told her that she didn't have enough evidence. How?
1: I just. And it, isn't that,
0: that's like saying, oh, I'm guilty. It's like, no, you're not guilty. She don't have enough evidence. No, he literally just. The aggressor said that they were guilty. She reported her claim. Why are men? It's the question. <laughs> I just want not on to this day. And not to leave this out, but men are also. In the documentary. They are in the documentary and they also are victims of sexual assault and yeah. but they don't report it as much because it's societal discrimination.
1: And societal. yeah, and it seems to me that a lot of the men that were reporting were gay. I could be wrong, but it seemed like yes. they were gay. Yeah. So see, and they got the same questions. Why don't you fight back? You're a man. Like, how can how can you let your someone do that to you? And it's like, it doesn't matter who what your gender is. If someone is violating you, you have the right to say no. You have
0: the right to report it. Thank you. You don't know what to do in that situation. First of no all. No one knows what to do when someone has a dick in their, in their body. Like, no, like, if you randomly
1: do that to someone, it is a shock. Yeah. They're not expecting that. No one is expecting
0: that, especially when you're drunk. Oh, oh, my goodness. I Well, in these situations, how the schools handle it or what the schools do as a consequence so for Harvard, in 2013, they had one, 135 reported sexual assaults and 10 suspensions. And you see Berkeley, in 2013, they had 78 reported sexual assaults and zero expulsions. In mm-hmm. Darth Darthmouth, I guess. Darth yeah. <laughs> yeah, Darth In, 2002. <laughs> in 2002. Through. T- yeah, through 2013. They had one hundred and fifty-five reported sexual assaults and three expulsions. Stanford, from nineteen ninety-six to two thousand and thirteen, they had two hundred fifty-six reported sexual assaults in one expulsion. Should I
1: say before what? you continue, I I could be wrong. Maybe their numbers for Stanford, or maybe I feel like they're are somewhat accurate. Maybe it's higher, mm-hmm. and it, maybe it's higher, but at least it
0: seems realistic. That is like it's reported to expulsion or just reported in general. Reported in general. Okay. I feel like that seems like a
1: maybe if we break it down by year, maybe different. But I feel like that is somewhat correct. That means like this—that's around like ten people reporting a year. Yeah. Again, that's still low, but at least it seems more honest compared to two people reporting in the ne- in ten years.
0: Anyway, go ahead, continue. I just want to say that it's the fact that comparing the reported assaults to suspensions or expulsions is so the ratio is so low. Oh, girl, it's so. Awful. Continue with the consequences because the rest <laughs> of it is BS. Go ahead, continue. Go ahead. So the University of Virginia in 1998 through 2013 had 205 reported sex- reported assaults, but zero expulsion suspensions. Mm-hmm. But they had expulsions slash suspensions for 138 cheating violations. So You're like my plagiarism, you know, cheating on a test or something like that. I can't pull a Melania. <laughs> and get my degree? Why not? Oh my gosh. Why not? It seems like they take more academic things seriously other than the health and well being of their students, which, you know, why it's not? like why is why is that outweighing why the not? other?
1: I wanna so be able to pull a Melania
0: and get my degree <laughs> and not be expelled. <laughs> But let me oh get sexual assault knows. and I nothing happens. I know is nothing happened. Unbelievable. UNC Chapel Hill, 2001, 2013, 136 reported assaults, zero expulsions and suspensions. Columbia, their consequence was one semester of suspension. At least they did something. <laughs> They're like, oh, one semester. Indiana suspension over the summer. Bullshit. Yale, suspension for a day. University of Colorado, they have a fine of $75. Okay. So, so if you assault, sexual assault, rape, you're going to get fined $75. That's easy money to make, too. That is easy money to make. <sighs> University of Toledo, they have another fine, $25. Bullshit. I, I,
1: That's what you get for Christmas. That's the money you get
0: for Christmas. <laughs> Brandeis. University is a warning. It's like, how? How are you going to warn but not punish for what's going on? I This just doesn't make it make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. The University, the university of Colorado assigned a paper. It's as if these universities aren't taking these claims seriously. They're taking it as if it's like minuscule or something. No, this is rape. This is sexual assault. This is a violation of a woman's body. And you guys are basically saying that it's not important. Or that's it's it. equivalent to writing a paper.
1: It's that's what you get when you like have a parking ticket. Like too many Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> write a paper. Girl, write a paper. You're guilty. Go ahead and write a paper. Oh my goodness. This is unbelievable. Occidental create a poster with 10 mating tips. Ridiculous. I, this is like this it seems like sit in the corner and think about what you did. That's what it seems like. All of these consequences. You can of think about what you up. did
1: off this campus. You can think <laughs> about what you did with a whole felony. That's what you can think, what you can do. That's what you can you can do that off our campus. How about that?
0: Oh gosh. Next, they also have a 50-hour or Occidental in uh, Los Angeles, they have a 50-hour community service at a rape crisis center. <laughs> what? So, make it makes
1: sense. A rapist is going to a center with rape victims. Hmm. That, there's no
0: harm in that. There's no harm in that. And expelled at graduation. None and of one of them is con- expelled at graduation, yeah. Yes. None of these consequences seem like they're solving anything. Like, I don't... Expelled at graduation got me. At I
1: got graduation. my degree. I got my degree. I, I walked. Now I'm expelled. From
0: what? From what? Okay. It's like, go ahead. It's not helping the deterrence situation. Like, you know, when you have consequences put in place, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, if I know consequence ABC, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. However, these consequences are so minuscule. And the fact that rape and sexual assaults, rep- reportings are like increasing and half of them aren't even reported because of situations like this it makes it as if it's not saying it's okay but yeah they are saying it's okay because nothing's gonna happen that's what they're saying it's okay the schools are okaying this i'm gonna get off with it it's like if i do this I know I'm okay because I'm not what? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have, have, to have to write a paper. <laughs> I'm gonna have to my consequence to write a paper. I'll
1: give you my dinner meal. Here's my $25 meal. Okay, go ahead. Take that money. That's my dinner money. It's basically saying these <sighs> That's not even
0: what you spend for a bottle of alcohol. It's it like I said, it's unbelievable. It's basically saying that these women or individuals in gen in general, their safety, their body, their these violations are worth what $75, $25, a stupid paper, 10 tips for mating.
1: That is, it's unbelievable. The, my thing is, it's like, granted, you can't put a price on, like we talked about before, even with the past cases, you can't put a price on a life and you can't put a price on one's well being. But $25 for a life of trauma, for a life of who, how can I trust again? How can I? Have healthy relationships with people again. Like, how can I function in society? Is is priceless. But twenty five dollars is disrespectful, and seventy five dollars is disrespectful. Most of all of these actually awarding, um, brand brandy's brandies whoever you
0: are, disrespectful Brandeis. Yeah, disrespectful. Is like I said, unbelievable. It, it's not helping. It's not making the situation any better. It's making rape culture, like, normalized. Like, it's why should that be a <laughs> It's called a culture. Which is crazy. Why is it a culture? Like, it... we're well, we in, it. what, 2021? Girl. And I'm pretty sure to this day, there's still rapes and sexual assaults occurring on universities.
1: Even in the whole panorama, I know it's happening. It's just. It's happening. It's, I feel like because we're in a pandemic, it would happen more at people's houses and not, like, at big social settings. Yeah. Because so... everything is, like, limited now.
0: Yeah, and it's, once again, probably not being reported because universities or, you know, people that deal with stuff like this aren't taking it as serious. So what are the names of the presidents who are defending them and their schools? So. I feel bad for you guys. I'm so sorry. If you go to these schools, I'm sorry. For <laughs> I really do feel bad And then for you. some of the students, they might not be aware of it since the universities don't deal with it. They're probably not aware this even is occurring on their campus. Yeah. Which is crazy. These
1: presidents allowed sexual assaults to happen on their campus with athletes, with their students, and said nothing, and defended
0: it. So Mary Sue with the University of Michigan, Michael Adams with the University um, of Georgia, Mm -hmm. um, Bradley Delton, University of Missouri, and Jonathan Vietch? Vietch? I don't know his name. With Ocidental. And 95 percent of sexual assaults were inappropriately handled if you haven't noticed (laughs) if you haven't noticed by the whole podcast today (laughs) that just it makes sense it makes sense after reading the consequences it makes sense it's bullshit yeah it's like i wonder if there have been any successful sexual assault cases
1: maybe suspension i guess for a semester maybe a summer maybe that's appropriate this is, it's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is. And as you talked about, like, the girls suffered. It, well, mo- the people in the documentary suffered about it. And they started mobilizing, as you said, from all across the U.S. With the, like I said, they had similar stories. And they started to file uh, the Title IX. And they did this by so getting social media they got the news to come to their campuses. They were curing like their mattresses that they had that their sexual assault happened on around campus, which is awful. Wow. wow. <laughs> I
0: They're
1: think, like, we're going to make a statement. And yeah. You're going to hear us. And granted, it is drastic. It is very in your face, but you can't not not know that this is happening to people yes. and not, yes, you cannot not ignore it. Like it's going to be in your face. Like you're going to understand that this is an issue and you should resolve it. And this should be a discussion, consent, uh, sexual assault, the way we express ourselves, how we handle sexual you know, conquest or prowess or what have you should be discussed but with our peers, how to handle it appropriately and how we are knowing how we are when we're drunk or tipsy or what have you is important. And the safety nets and options that people have to get home safely so they're not raped. Right? And very well said. We should be aware of the resources that we have to us. And it should be a common thing to discuss. And also not making excuse for
0: aggressors. And
1: Yeah. I guess... I don't care if they're handsy. I don't care if your family's handsy. Don't touch me. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. And I feel like, like you said, especially a lot of the women administrators were making excuses for these males. And I
0: don't have time for it. And it's like, that's not okay. And it's like, I don't know how certain people are raised, but it makes it seem as if the fact that some of these aggressors had multiple claims—this is like a normal thing oh, for them. Oh yes,
1: Mo- like several of them from different schools. They were like, "Yeah, we heard about him. He has two more
0: cases on him, and, and they nothing, nothing, they did nothing. nothing. Oh, walking oh free, walking free. As a documentary, it did an amazing job with bringing awareness to the situation and to the women. What they went through in their experiences and the trauma regarding sexual assault. And I, watching it, I was like, wow, I was enraged. You're supposed
1: to be enraged. You should be enraged. Everyone should be enraged.
0: Because it's like, fellow women, women to women, why are you going? Yes,
1: right? yes. <laughs> well, I
0: do want to be cut before we talk
1: about the how to file. Did, did I move it? So back in 79, I want to talk about it. They talked about it in the documentary. If I don't find it, okay. They talked about it in the documentary mm-hmm. that there was like a woman's kind of like march on campuses regarding Ooh. sexual assaults. Do you remember that? And the girls would write the names of their sexual assaulter, like uh, assaulters or the assailants, on like bathrooms. And some of the bath, like some of the people's names were some one of this guy's friends, and he was defending it. He was like, you don't know these people. They're my friends. They're not bad people. They would never do that. You know, sometimes they get, you know, how they are. You know how guys get and defending it. And these girls are like, it's like a night walk or walk of the night or something like that, that happened in 79. So that was a precedent for this conversation that constantly
0: needs to happen. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And they did a great job of like bringing it to the forefront and the victim blaming needs to stop. It's ridiculous. It's not making any of the individuals that fall prey to this it doesn't
1: it doesn't it's like what is it uh putting band-aids on bullet wounds yes it doesn't fix the issue
0: it just so how do you file if i want to if i wanted to file how do you file well i know many under this lawsuit since it's involving universities the Title IX law is mainly used when filing. And since these universities are receiving federal federal funding, and if they violate any of these claims, it can be revoked. So that's the best threat is their money. Yes, basically. So the US. You can file. Yes, yeah. the US department of Education Office for Civil Rights, or the U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ. You don't have to be a victim of a sex discrimination to file a complaint. You can, you know, know of a person and, and they're, I guess they don't, if they don't have enough, how you say, they're too scared to come forward. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> With their consent, you could file a complaint for them. And you
1: don't need a lawyer. That's the best part. Because I think that we always think, I need a lawyer for this, I need a lawyer for that. Lawyers are expensive, okay? They are. You don't
0: don't need a lawyer for this. And you can do this on your own. And filing a complaint is simple. You don't need a lawyer. Only a victim or the parents of the victim can file a Title IX lawsuit. It's possible to file a Title IX lawsuit without filing a complaint with the OCR. You can also file a complaint with the OCR and then file a lawsuit after the OCR has completed its investigation but regardless of the outcome note that if you file a t- not title nine lawsuit while ocr is investigating your complaint ocr will close its investigation that's horrible so so you have to basically wait yeah wait yeah wait a bit because it does take a little bit of time to investigate it and like mm-hmm. make sure you know um contact your state department of education many state education departments have an office that handles equity and civil rights complaints Keep a record of all correspondence. File a lawsuit under other state and federal equal protection laws. For example, six LGBTQ students filed an equal protection violation lawsuit against their school district whose employees ignored or minimized their complaints. So filing a lawsuit really helps. And when you file, you can file a lawsuit for damages suffered by the injured student. Uh-huh. Consult a lawyer before considering this action, though. So, so you yeah. get more legal if... Uh, good advice, yeah, about the situation. Exactly. So, like,
1: anyone who was like suffering like PTSD from it, um, who maybe wasn't able to finish their classes, or who's you know suffered depression and have to pay for like therapists and stuff like that, like you could file for these. Those those are considered, I guess, damages. Yes.
0: And yes. I, wow, that and that's how you file. It seems I like that it was like set up that way. Yeah, super easy. It seems like it's pretty easy to
1: file. So anyone. If you all know anyone who needs to file, this is a perfect opportunity and the perfect uh, way to learn about it. Let's
0: not file. give or make excuses for sexual assaults continue to happen. And this. Yeah, this, ha- this should stop. This and, is, this is, it's, and it's easy to
1: file. It is. So file it.
0: it- <laughs> OK, so some parting questions. So like presently, do you think universities handle sexual assault claims well?
1: No. And I think the question should be who's, what's the onus? Like whose onus is it to handle or sexual assault cases? Is it the student's responsibility to be able to tell it or is it the school's university to have an easy system to where students can report it, Mm -hmm. you know, and to make sure that they're protected? and i think it's the school's responsibility to make create a
0: safe environment that's I what agree. they're supposed to do i 100% agree they don't handle them well as you Say, heard, yeah. throughout <laughs> this podcast and yes create safe spaces and make it easier for them to report in. also hold the aggressors accountable like you know when someone commits a crime and they automatically go to the person that committed the crime they interrogate them yes guilty until proven innocent is that it or it's
1: innocent it's supposed to be innocent innocent until proven guilty but we do it differently we do it backwards in america (laughs) so we why don't we do it backwards with these cases yes thank you and then yeah yeah, you're not a rapist how about that prove to me show Mm -hmm. me Give me the evidence. Give me your 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 uh, GPS locations. Give me <laughs> give me something. Give me something because if someone is accusing you, you should be like, no, I wasn't here, or I was with my friends, or I was at a different state, or I was you know sleeping or something. You should be able to prove that.
0: Yes, and then and if you, you can't then you're, Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yes, and then do you think aggressors are being held accountable for their actions? Like, do you think they face public scrutiny whenever they're? Um, a sexual assault claim is reported against them or do you just think they're like, they get a slap on the wrist and it's like, whatever. I think it depends on their notoriety. Okay.
1: I think it's different, like, right? So like for Weinstein, he was trash later on, but he's been doing it for years. And now as an adult, people are like, oh yeah, he's a horrible human being, but they allowed it to go on for so long. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone like, I don't know, let's see. I'm trying to think. Like Bill Cosby, that. maybe like people are still like, there's no way our dad, America's dad, Bill Cosby, is a rapist or is someone who does that. Why would he do that? I think it depends on their notoriety and how they are standing in society. Yeah. Even with the football players, they they're like, How can he be so rich? And people, of course, girls want to flock to him. No, he's an aggressor, obviously. It and doesn't matter. Like,
0: yes, I I agree. <laughs> they're not being held accountable and it If they, like you said, if they have a certain status, like it's like they would never do that. They would never. But do you really know the people that you think you know? Yeah. Like, especially in situations like this, can you fully defend them in that sense? I'm thinking right now, like,
1: even like this is a current case, was like the TI and Tiny case allegedly. Like, this is like the perfect example of what's going on. It's like you have so many accusations
0: coming out. Yeah.
1: And yeah, so what if this person is beloved? We know that they have tendencies to be misogynistic and to be like uh, aggressive towards people, and to try to shut people
0: up, whether it's with violence or money. Thank you, 100%. It's like money, money talks. That yeah, say. I guess. So, yeah. But let you guys let us know what you think if universities handle sexual assault claims well, or if our aggressors actively being held accountable for what they're doing. You guys can comment or comment under our podcast. We mm-hmm. will respond. Follow us on Insta. And so since it is Women's History Week, we just found it appropriate. needed. It was appropriate <laughs> and needed to feature a female artist. Yeah. And her song is Loving Me
1: by Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E. And it's a beautiful song. And I think this is, song is perfect for this whole situation of, yes. like, actually learning to love yourself after a while of not doing that. Yes. So, yes, I love it.
0: Try Hopefully you like it, too. Amazing artists. And you can also find our podcasts on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. And also, as she said before, follow us on Instagram at Legal underscore E-S-E. So thank you guys for tuning in today, and we will catch you next time. Bye.
1: Thank you for speaking our language, guys. Bye.